Talk Zone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. And welcome to a Friday edition of the Two Guys in a Mic show here on the TalkZone.com, your 24-hour network for all your talk conversation. Big dog and a coach with you, as per always, right up until 11 o'clock. Sports and more to talk about. We'll jump off the sports page a little bit, especially as we check in with Hurricane Sandy and the elections coming up. But it is a football Friday here on the Two Guys in a Mic show. We'll make our beat the schmoes. Football predictions, got some big college games coming up this weekend. We'll talk our beloved Bears going to Tennessee and taking on the Titans. So lots to get through. We will do our best to work our way through it. Assisting us along the way, of course, producer extraordinaire David Olson. It is the big dog and a coach with you right up until 11 o'clock. Hang on, folks. The ride is about to start. Hold all tickets. Hold all tickets. Don't forget to pay with cash. Change is not appreciated. Remember, Big Dog, as my father used to tell me, change is inevitable unless you're at a vending machine. Thank you very much. How are you, Big Dog? Joe Radwanski, my good partner, checking in via the telecommunicative phone lines in Chicago, Illinois. How are you, Big Dog? Uh, Doing all right, Coach. Ready for a football Friday. Uh, Football Friday. Halfway through. Halfway through the NFL season, big dog. It's hard to believe. I mean, I feel like we just did our preview show, and here we are at the uh, the eight game watermark. Time flies when you're having fun. Yeah, there's still there's still nine weeks left of the season. Then we get the playoffs. So you know what? I, I've been enjoying every single second of it. It feels like game eight to me is all I can tell you. Mm-hmm. All right, we got uh, the Bears at Tennessee. We'll definitely talk about that. Um, Bears, you know, six and one. I don't know if anybody's going overboard yet. The excitement. Probably doesn't match the record, mainly because the offense hasn't kicked in. Can you imagine, dog, if the defense continues to play as they are and the offense starts to live up to preseason expectations, then I think you'll see a pretty excited city of Chicago. Well, considering the schedule the rest of the season, if the offense doesn't step up, there's no reason for us to be excited about a 6-1 and one start because the last nine games are ridiculously hard. Mm-hmm. One of the harder schedules you're going to see in the NFL, so... The Bears need to start performing on offense, and then it's funny if you just told me the Bears are going to be six and one. First of all, I would have believed you, and second of all, I've been like, "Wow, their offense must be playing just dynamic." Well, that's not what's happened. Their offense is just not losing games for them. That's the only thing good the offense has done so far this year is not lose any games for the Bears. It's pretty sad. Mm-hmm. Performed right. well. T- typically, they've had some decent first drives. And they have performed oh, well no, in the no, no, clutch. No. First drives, first drives. That's what. The, that's the first drives. The Bears go backwards. Um. Yeah, I, you're I, right. I, some I, of the let time. Me remind you, the first five games of the season, the Indianapolis Colts they well, played. Yeah, that was okay. The first four plays resulted in three negative plays and an interception yeah. return for a touchdown. And that that was, was the way we. Pattern. That was the way and we opened up. Worse. That was the way we opened up the season. The Indy game you're talking about. 
Yeah, and then next week against the Packers, the same exact thing happened. The next week we played, Jack, uh, what was it, Dallas next week or was it Jacksonville? It, it, it was it was ugly. The Bears have played horrible on the first drive. If you could throw out the Bears' first drive of every single mm-hmm. week, they'd be in much better shape. I thought we've, well, I know last week, first drive success. I thought there was one other game, but then, but then they go flatter than the Queen of Hearts. And then, you know, when it's clutch in the end, when it counts, Jay Cutler and the offense have been pretty good. But you're right. Early on, El Stinko. That's they, they've, and, uh, a first drive tells you a lot about your game plan. Okay. Also, first drive of the second half also says that they can make adjustments. And mm-hmm. honestly, they've made real good drives in the beginning of the second half. Mm-hmm. So maybe, you know, I'm not going to just rip coaching right now uh, for him. Cause... Speaking of adjustments, uh, the emailers, the fans want to know, Big Dog, it's a question we ask you eh, maybe like once a month, but um, today and today only, boxers or briefs? Speaking of adjustments. I'm, I'm going commando, Coach. Really? You are wearing pants, though, right? Not total commando. No, no, it's, it's I'm butt naked. Oh, boy. Okay. Oh, boy. Can you throw on a towel at least just for... You know, radio is theater of the mind, but I think you just destroyed a lot of our minds here early on. I, I, I have to. Uh, first of all, I'm a little wet, so I like to air dry, Coach. <laughs> oh, boy. David, the theater of the mind is uh, the theater critics right now have gone two thumbs down. Could you please look around the house and find something of terry cloth material? Please. There's a lot of silk in the house. I'm in Chinatown. <laughs> Oh, goodness. By the way, we had a few uh, emails of the humorous nature about you walking the ducks, the dachshund dog in Chinatown where, how do we put this gently, dogs actually can be a food delicacy, right? Well, i got to tell you something. Uh, you know, my uh, my <laughs> Chinese girlfriend was yes. a little upset that you said that. She wants you to know that she is not <laughs> Vietnamese nor she is Korean. Okay. I'm going to have to agree with her on that one. Ah, considering. I apologize. I, Yes, I, right. I had. Uh, so for, for all the young kids out there listening, if you're going to walk a dachshund in a uh, Chinese neighborhood in Chinatown, you're okay. In a Vietnamese neighborhood, walk quickly. Yeah, you're, you're, if you're at 5000 North Broadway, do not be walking <laughs> your dog. Okay, so I'm not kidding. And if you're at like, if you're at like, yeah. uh, like 1500 West Lawrence, don't walk your dog there either. There's yeah. those little neighborhoods in the north side. You got to be really the, careful walking your dog. The last dog, uh, Dachshund dog, David Olson, that um, was around the 500 North Broadway that uh, Big Dog's talking about. You know what his name was? I think they called him Appetizer. Thank you very much. Be here all week. Eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. The phone number. Dog and the coach with you right up until eleven eight. Uh, until 11 o'clock, 888 Big dog, the Tennessee Titans. We uh, overlooked the Carolina Panthers a little bit. Actually, you and me didn't. Many of the fans, and we're here to tell you the Tennessee game. Let's not look ahead to Houston and San Francisco. Two great Monday night games coming up. Or I uh, think, Sunday and yeah, Monday. Yeah, you're right. Sunday and Monday. Two nationally televised games, what I should say. But let's concentrate Sunday, 12 o'clock at Tennessee. Going to be a dog fight. And they have a rejuvenated superstar. He had a a bad, what would you call it, six to 12 months, almost a year if you count middle to middle. But Chris Johnson, one of the best running backs in the NFL, he seems to be back um, at that level. His last three games, he's been back to the normal Chris Johnson. Before that, he was a below-average running back. And yep. It's kind of funny because he had the highest contract in the history of the NFL for running backs. And by the way, he had surpassed D'Angelo Williams for the highest running back contract in the NFL. 
We saw what D'Angelo Williams did last week. Nothing for the Carolina Panthers. Just goes to show everybody, be very careful when you pay your running backs. But, uh, Coach, last week was easy to tell that the Panthers were going to play a lot better than the, the horrendous uh, way that they had played recently. The Carolina had played a bunch of games, lost close ones, got people fired. Ron Rivera said they're going to start cutting people, start firing coaches. Of course they came in all fired up. You and I weren't weren't surprised about that. Now, Tennessee, Tennessee's a lot better than people might think. And I'm not, I'm not trying to Lou Holtz you right here and trying to say, trust me, they're still not as talented as the Chicago Bears. The Chicago Bears should go down to Tennessee and win the football game. Otherwise, they, they did not have a good Sunday. But they've been playing Matt Hasselbeck the last couple weeks. They're a lot better since they benched Jake Locker. You know, and it, Matt Hasselbeck gives them a, a serious chance to win. And if you remember Matt Hasselbeck against the Bears, he's really smart about one, two, three, get the ball out. When he was with the Seahawks, he used to kill the Bears that way. So, uh, I mean, this game, it's important, not because it's like it's an AFC team, so I guess in some way it's like for the, the whole record it is important. But with the way their schedule turns during the second half mm-hmm. of the season, it'd be nice for them to finish off the first half 7-1. and one. Now, Matt Hasselbeck has been around for ages. I feel like my entire... 56-year NFL watching career. This is not Matt Hasselbeck Jr. we're talking, not his son. This is still the original agent, Matt Hasselbeck, still playing? Are you really asking that for real? No, but I'm, I'm trying to make a point. Yes, that, that is. He's, uh, now, Tim Hasselbeck was not his son or his father. That was his. It was his little brother, by the okay. way. He got into the league five years before his brother and still in there five years after. Mm-hmm. Well, Matt Hasselbeck, uh, and you're right, he's had some good games against the Bears, but he's a yeah, pro. He, he is a pro's pro, and uh, he'll pick you apart. He's not going to make the top ten highlight reel, but uh, rarely makes mistakes, and he does seem to play well against the Bears, especially when he was with Seattle. Yeah, and, you know, he took his team to the Super Bowl. I never understood why the Titans just gave the job to Jake Locker. I, I never understood that. So they, they were horrible early on in the year, and now that Hasselbeck's been playing, they've been winning. Uh, a few games. Mm-hmm. All right. When the uh, Bears, uh, you know, defensive backs, uh, player of the month in September, Chris Jennings, or Timmy Jennings, player of the month in October, Charles Tillman. That's pretty good, obviously, an indication of how good the Bear defense has been. A lot of people talking about, well, not a lot of people, a little bit of talk last week how the Bear defense slumped a little bit. Carolina, you know, took them apart. Is this the beginning of the veteran defense starting to slip? I and I mentioned it on Monday, nobody else did, but I thought Carolina's game plan, it, it all got forgotten because they blew the game in the end. But their offensive play calling, their game plan, I don't know who their O coordinator was, I thought it was outstanding. I thought our defense played okay. Some kudos to the Panthers for mixing up their plays and, and showing some different wrinkles. So I think our defense, just fine, Big Dumb. And they also did, uh, they went after the Bears, which is his weakness, which is the power running game. Yep. Line up. You know, don't try to trick you and try to uh, blast at the Bears. You know, that usually is what gives the Bears trouble. But then again, the Bears kind of lick their lips when that happens because they're like, okay, we'll give up the yardage. If you're going to try to do the long drive against us, one of us is going to take the ball from you eventually. So it's like you play into both hands when you do that with the Chicago Mm -hmm. Bears. All right. Three and five, the Tennessee Titans have lost some tough ones, won some tough ones too. Three and five, Tennessee going up against the beloved six and one on the road for the Bear. Don't forget, later in the show, we'll play Beat the Schmoes, make our football predictions. I'm going with uh, 
you know, I've, I've had a tendency to go with like favorite teams the past couple of years. I'm going off the board, big dog, picking some teams that I have not ventured out and gone for. So, uh, are, are you going college or pro on your beat the schmo picks this year? Yeah, I'm going college. There's, oh my goodness, there's a couple ones in the pros though that really make me want to gamble them. Mm-hmm. I mean, the fact that Atlanta is only a four point favorite against Dallas, does that make any sense to you, coach? <sighs> it's at Dallas. No, yeah. it's at Atlanta. It's at Atlanta? Then, that, then that's surprising then. Because I think that's the Falcons. I, like, I mean, everybody everybody was picking the Falcons to lose and get their comeuppance last week against Philadelphia. I think they showed something in that game. So at home, only four against Dallas. Yeah, surprising. Yeah, that's why I, that, something like I wanted to take that game. I was going to take my first NFL game of the, of the year. Then I realized something. There's got to be a, a trick. There's got to be something we don't mm-hmm. know in there, Coach. Steelers fighting for their playoff life uh, at the Giants. Great ball game. Vikings and Seahawks. I love that matchup, Big Dunk. How about four and three? The, the, the two extremely surprising teams. Four and three Colt and the four and three Dolphin. A lot of people, including probably myself, thought they might be uh, maybe the two or certainly two of the worst teams in the NFL. Both are four and three. Yeah. Uh, uh, that game, I don't know how excited I can get about it, but there is a, a future at quarterback in the NFL because people have forgotten that Ryan Tannehill has actually been the real deal so far. Uh, the other game that you're talking about, Minnesota versus Seattle, I, I, I think Seattle's really going to tear them apart. Maybe I'm wrong, yeah. but that game really, really, really sits really nice mm-hmm. for the, the – Seattle like... wins at home and Minnesota loses on the road. I mean, that's just – to me, just adds up. The I feel like I feel like this week, uh, David Olson, our media critic, um, I might be outdating you. Who knows? You know the way the marriage is going. I might be dating you in a couple of weeks. But uh, to tell the truth, the TV game show. Did you ever see it? It was on in the fifties, yeah. Coach. All right. I was well, the born way in the seventies. The way they would, you tried to guess who was the imposter and who wasn't it. What would happen at the end, Big Dad, there was three, and the panelists were trying to figure out who the imposter was. At the end, they would all, like, fake, get up. One guy would fake, get up. Another guy would fake. Oh, oh, oh. And then finally, the real guy would stand up. I feel like it's the end of the To Tell the Truth show with the Minnesota Vikings. You know, they've shown surprise team. They look real good. Christian Ponder could be the guy standing up. Oh, then they sit down. Up, oh, they're up a little bit. Down, up. If they beat Seattle. I think they can stand up and take the prize. So I think it's it's a watershed game for them. If if they beat Seattle, they're back in the division race. Yep. Again, I'm not saying they're out of it now. But if they lose and the Packers and the Bears win this weekend, there's another game in between them, and it's also an NFC loss, and the, the Vikings would basically, I wouldn't say have to win out, but they might have to win totally out to, to make the division and be almost perfect in order just to make the playoffs. I'm with you. This is an extremely important game for both teams because they're in divisions where somebody else is going to win them. Because the Bears or some, maybe even the Packers are winning the North and the the 49ers are winning the the West, Coach. Unless, like Seattle, really ups their level of play and this is like a must-win against Minnesota for them. I don't know about must-win, but for both teams, it's a must-win if they want to win their division. You mentioned good young quarterbacks in the Indy-Miami game. Another good matchup. Great slate of NFL football games this weekend. How about uh, the Redskins and the Panthers, the two most high-profile young quarterbacks in the NFL? R.G. Griffin, the rookie this year for the Redskins. Cam Newton, the rookie last year for the Panthers, going mono versus mono. Big dog. Pretty good game there. Uh, it should be a pretty good game, and I think Cam Newton will be fired up to uh, uh... – 
I heard him talking about uh, Robert Griffin the third the other day and being very slightly, how do you say, uh, respectful of Griffin, but basically saying that he's better than him. It was like, so Newton will be ready. We'll see if the rest of his teammates will be. Mm-hmm. Uh, that game has a chance to be extremely high scoring for some reason. I, I'm thinking both of their defenses are decent, but uh, I don't know. Something tells me that, that the score of that game is going to be 31 27 or something like mm-hmm. that, coach. That's that's not going to be a 17 13 game. Excellent, excellent slate of NFL games. You want to uh, make your beat the Schmoes football picks with us? Any three games against the point spread? Um, high school, college, or pro, any three games you want to pick, you can mix and match, or just make any comments on any of your NFL favorite teams out there here in Chicago. Of course, uh, we're concentrating on the Bear in Tennessee, but any game out there, feel free. Give us a call, Big Dog and the Coach at your Soitus, 888-463-6748, the phone number. Again, 888-463-6748. You mentioned, i got to bring this story out real quick, high salary. Uh, I think when you were talking about D'Angelo Williams, and by the way, I didn't realize they paid him that much money. Oh, they gave him like five years, $35 million, Coach. I'm not kidding wow. you. And then since they gave him that money before last season, not before this year, before last season, he hasn't done anything. Same thing with Chris Johnson. They gave him a contract to beat the D'Angelo Williams contract, and up until the last three weeks, he hasn't done anything. It's so – let's face it, Coach. You, you're never going to find uh, the heavyweight champion coming from a rich family in a rich neighborhood. You're never going to find running backs that have a lot of money that end up performing well. I don't know what it is. You have to run hungry. You have to fight yeah. hungry. Yep. I was, thinking of, I was thinking of run angry, but you're right. Running hungry is even a better description. By the way, our recently signed Chicago Bull Taj Gibson was quoted in the paper saying, D'Angelo Williams is worth every cent they gave what a conundrum the Bulls had. They have all these guys that are really good. I know we're, we're talking football, but, you know, like the Bulls have an issue where they have all these guys that are very good yep. and other people are overpaying for them and they're going to end up losing them just because, in a sense, like they have a guy that they know is worth $5 million a year, but somebody else paid him 10 so they're yep. going to lose him. When the guy's really only worth $5 million mm-hmm. a year and he's only good because he's in the Bulls system. You know, other people need to realize that these guys are only good because they're for the Bulls and quit taking our players. Omar Ashik, a classic example of what you are classic. talking about. That's a perfect example. Yes. We actually lost him, and it's a guy that the Bulls really needed, and he makes the team better. But not at $8 million a year do they need his services. Mm-hmm. Omar Ashik, a big, strong man. They say legs of rock and, unfortunately, hands to match. Yeah, and also a head of rock, too. No, no, stop it. Good guy, Omar. Coach, coach, I he was dating Omar. Miss Australia. Come on, big dog. Omar Sheik is a good guy, and he actually played basketball smart. What I meant by head of a rock is he's not, he lacks confidence. It seemed like well, I, I like you get intimidated too easy. I'm, I'm not even sure I'm going to agree with that. He played pretty hard. He lacked confidence to work within a team offense. But boy, he you know the way he defended and blocked shots. He, I don't think he played timid. Well, yeah, you're right. You're right. It just for me, you're def- offensively. I think you, I think you just summed it up yeah. for me. I couldn't say it any better than what you yeah. said. Well, what I actually what I said is dating Miss Australia was probably his greatest accomplishment. Did he really? Oh yeah. Not sure if that relationship is still continuing, but Omar, you know, little shaky on the court, awfully good off the court, big up. That's strong, coach. <laughs> 
But I, I didn't mean to go back to D'Angelo Williams. We've already had our D'Angelo Williams minute for the day, and that's about 48 seconds too much. But i got to bring up this story. D. Olson, I don't know if you've seen this or not. I, I didn't until this morning. Tyrone, Tyron Smith, first-round draft choice this year, dog. I think he was the ninth pick out of USC. 6'5", 308 pounds. And he had to call the police a couple of days ago about family members. Family members. Um, he, he needed protection against them. And I guess earlier this summer, he actually had a police protective order against his mother and his stepfather, which included no contact from his two brothers and three sisters. The guy got a $12 million contract, and he now has a police protection order from his immediate family. Is this what? I, I, I need to know more about that yeah. because uh, yeah. I don't know if I want to know anymore. Because there's only two things: either he's completely an idiot, or his all members of his family are idiots. Well, what's more likely that one guy is an idiot, or six other people are just so selfish and greedy that they treat uh, yeah. the NFL son like uh, he's the cash, uh, the mm-hmm. ATM machine? You're right. Without knowing any of the details, and it's even frivolous to bring it up, quite frankly. But I couldn't no, resist. But I like it. Well, and did I mention, you know, order of protection? The dude is six five three zero eight, so you can imagine. Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say you could imagine what the, you know, the threat must have been real. Yeah, well, or yeah, maybe it was like a gun or something like that. That's that's what I was implying by real. Yeah. So yeah, you, you just never know. Yeah. You, you never know. I mean, we just talked about how uh, yesterday when we talked about just like situations like this. Well. It, like when all these other football players or athletes or actors or whoever get accused of domestic violence, first of all, I probably believe it, but still, I know him. I just find out if he's innocent or not because you never know what happened. When we found out about Des Bryant where his mom accused him of beating her up, mm-hmm. some tells me that Des Bryant's mom didn't make that up. You know, like so. Like, but with this, uh, when you're talking about like maybe he is just a guy that is sick of his family members asking for money. And one of them got, one of them threatened him, like, I'm totally poor, My our family's poor, and pulled a gun out of him or something like that. That's an ugly situation, Coach. Yep. Ugly situation. Yep. That sounds like the likely scenario, but again, it's, it's tough to speculate, but wow. Uh, 888-463-6748, phone lines open, big dog and a coach at your service. Football Friday here on the Two Guys in a Mic Show, always one of our favorite shows of the week of the year. Big dog, we've been talking NFL football, we'll get back to the Beat the Schmo football picks, but uh, from the collegiate front, starting tomorrow, some really good games, including, including, and I didn't realize, I think it's tomorrow, right? Oregon at USC? Yeah, that will be one of my beat the Schmo picks, Woo! so you might want to sit around and, and, and wait for that. Yeah, that wow. game will be awfully exciting. And maybe now that Oregon, assuming they win against USC, Maybe now that they're starting to play some legitimate competition, they can actually start passing teams like Kansas State and, and or uh, Notre Dame in the BCS poll. Yep, that's still the knock on them, even though they're beating teams 70-20 to 20 and 64-19. to 19. And we're not talking William and Mary, mostly Mary. We're talking, you know, teams like Arizona State and the Washingtons. So, you know, so still some decent football teams, but you're right, not to the level of USC. There's still some non-believers out there. I wouldn't be one of them, Big Dog. I've seen enough Oregon football last couple of years. Now, I'm a big believer in USC, too. And a coach that I used to hate that now I love, Lane Kiffin. I've gone full circle on him. He's done a nice, uh, he's done a nice understated job 
at USC, but you're you're not a Lane Kiffin fan. No, no, he absolutely has done a great job yeah. at USC. I, I I can't rip the job he's done. I just there's something about him that rubs me the wrong way. But his job at done a great job at at USC and uh, Oregon's for real. Just a simple fact, Coach. If you went up to Chip Kelly and were like, "Okay, I want you to run the ball today," well, you'd run it. I want you to throw deep passes. Okay, I'll throw some deep passes. And whatever Oregon's offense, no matter what you want, they can do it. And the Oregon defense is very similar to the Bears. Yeah, you're going to get yardage off them. You'll get yardage off them. But uh oh, look, they're going the other way with the football, and they're scoring on you when you just had the ball. You know that doesn't happen very often. Oregon has one of those defenses too, so they're legit, coach. I don't care. If Colorado and Utah have been on their schedule so far, they, they're a good football team. Hit the pause button. If you're watching the game, hit the pause button because you could do a quick trip to the icebox, a quick trip to the washroom, come back, and Oregon's put two touchdowns on the board. Uh, I'm a, that's the 7 o'clock game. I am I don't know if it's Brent Musburger and Kirk Herbstreit doing it, mm-hmm. but I hope so because those guys are always on top of the game. And, and you're exactly right, Coach. There's going to be just action-packed, and uh, that is what I do feel pretty good about that game. We'll be talking about that later. And uh, I'm looking at my football listings here, and that game is not listed on the TV. They got seven o'clock Oklahoma State at Kansas State, awfully good. And oh, we forgot to mention uh, there's a college football game of some notoriety. Just the two most high-profile teams in all college football playing Alabama at. LSU, big dog. LSU at night, one of the great scenes in all of college football. Yeah, and I, I want to take that. I'm still trying to convince myself to take that. And more of it has to do with psychology than it has to do with reality for the reasons why I want to mm-hmm. take LSU and not Alabama, Coach, in that game. Okay. Now, it's not Oregon, USC. They definitely are playing tomorrow. It's not possible that they wouldn't televise that game, is it? No, no, that game is definitely televised. Okay. The, um I'm just trying to uh, – I'm going to find out. I guarantee it's on one of the ABC, okay. uh, the ESPN family network. Okay. I, I promise you that, Coach. So you got three great games on, including the Heisman Trophy leading candidate, Colin Klein, against a good Oklahoma State team. So three games of high profile all at the same time. Um, decisions, uh, decisions. It is a Fox game. Okay. What and, time is it starting? Well, let me let me make sure because I don't know if I, I'm reading the top or bottom of these things. I got to go all the way to the top, coach. Oh, it's the bottom, yeah. So it is a Fox game, and it's on at six o'clock our time. Six. Yes, hmm. and that's where the Fox games come on. Yeah, so this okay. is yeah, that's when the Fox games come on for right. us when right. it's on the West Coast. Was going to so, take the uh, uh, wife out to go see a flight, the movie David Olson, Denzel Washington. We haven't been to a movie in over a year, but uh, oh. Is it, you're going to take it. That looks like the worst movie no. ever made. No, no, no. I heard it's really good. That it looks so. That looks so stupid. Yeah, but you the need guy to. Does a barrel roll in a in a. No, no. You uh, need to. You need to read the reviews, big dog. It's uh, the plane crash scene is supposed to be extremely cool, but that's just a small part of it. It's a great story. So, I mean, that's almost every review I've read is 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 it's an excellent movie. Yeah. However. If USC, Oregon, Alabama, LSU, Oak State, and Kansas State, all of a sudden I've got a fever coming. It might hit about 6 o'clock tomorrow. I completely understand that, Coach. <laughs> there's so many games I want to pick that I don't have. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to end up having, I have like eight games. I'll pick the three that I lose, and I'll go five and three <laughs> over the weekend. 
<laughs> By the way, speaking of the Heisman Award and Colin Klein, your leader, you got some people behind him, including a, a defender who could make a run at it first time in a long time in the high-profile Monty Teo of Notre Dame. But uh, one guy that's sneaking up, Big Dog, slowly, down the stretch they come. He's a guy who uh, was a backup the last three years. He finally got his opportunity. He's a local kid about an hour and a half away from here. Northern Illinois University having another great season. They're the Rodney Dangerfield of college football. And the brand-new quarterback, Jordan Lynch. Oh, my he's, goodness, he's, Coach. He's all of a sudden, he's in the team picture. Uh, Coach, you know, the Northern Illinois happens to have been on television a bunch of different times where I could have seen him this year. That kid is so good. He is freaking phenomenal. He might be the fastest quarterback in all of college football right now. Mm -hmm. I I can't think of any quarterback that's faster than him running with the ball. And he's ridiculously accurate. I mean, what a combination. I mean, he doesn't have the strongest arm ever, Coach, but they have accuracy and speed. That's about as good of a combination you can have as a college quarterback. Another player coming out of Mount Carmel High School, great football tradition here in Chicago, was a quarterback for the high school team in an option offense that no colleges, except for NIU, wanted to give him a shot at quarterback. Oh, a good athlete will turn him into a safety, a wide receiver, an H-back, a Y-back. But uh, you'll remember, Big Dog, there was another Mount Carmel quarterback that nobody wanted to play quarterback, but one school did. Yes. His name is Donovan McNabb. Yep. And Lou Tepper figured that, oh, we, we, we have to have all the African American yeah. players room with the white players, and we have enough uh, African American players. So if you want to play quarterback here instead of strong safety, you can go to Syracuse. Yep. And uh, finish second in the Heisman voting your senior year. Yep. And Lou Tepper is back working at the grocery store. Yes, he is, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. But Excellent. he makes sure that when he bags stuff, he always puts the white bread with the dark bread. <laughs> Oh, goodness. But this kid, Jordan Lynch, is, uh, I think he's leading the entire NCAA in touchdowns accounted for, meaning via run and via the pass. He's got like 32. There's total yardage. I think he's leading the country in total yards. I understand they're not playing Oregon and LSU every single week, but still, I think he's moved up at least as a dark horse Heisman candidate. Big dog. This is a kid that was a backup. Nobody even knew how he would play this year, and obviously he's doing phenomenal. Even the guys at Northern Illinois have to be a little bit surprised. Yep. I mean, he ran the Veer offense in high school, Coach, which, I mean, I know that offense inside and out. Frank Lenti of Mount Carmel taught that to my high school football head coach. It's You basically have a running back in the backfield, let's face it. That's all that they those kids do. So, And he's the best running quarterback in college football right now, including mm-hmm. Colin Klein, but Colin Klein is really good around the goal line. Uh, it's It's a great story. And he should have been starting beforehand. Who was the well, starting last three? Was really I was good. just going to point out, Chandler, no, he shouldn't have, because Chandler Harness, yeah, Chandler, the guy he replaced, he was a hell of a quarterback too. So maybe this guy should have redshirted a year. Well, maybe somebody should start paying attention to Dr. Jerry Kill up in Minnesota, who you know doesn't have the sexy charisma of some of these big time head coaches, but for guys that know football and know personnel, Dr. Jerry Kill's as good as they get. He's got another one up in Minnesota, freshman starting now by the name of Philip Brum, but he's the one who recruited and saw the light with Chandler Harness and Jordan Lynch. Yeah, you're right. Uh, absolutely. And uh, Illinois had a job available last year. Jerry Kill should have got it. It's a good call. Mm-hmm. It's a good call. I did a high school game up at Marion Central earlier in the year. Senior quarterback going to Minnesota next year, Chris Streveler, 
And I said, this was their, I think we did, it was their opening game, maybe their second game of the season. I said, this is one of the best high school coy. You know, I've been announcing the games for 15 years, Big Doe. I thought it was one of the best I've seen. He's headed up to Minnesota. Another Dr. Jerry Kill recruit. He's going to have to battle their super freshman now, but uh, keep, in, keep that name in the back of your mind, Chris Strebler. And they're still undefeated, by the way, and he's top five player of the year in the state of Illinois right now. Excellent. The phone number, Coach, and the Big Dog on a football Friday. Some great games. Uh, You know, in the Big Ten, I know it's not as high-profile, Dog, but I think there's two games, sleeper games, that are going to be good ones. Michigan at Minnesota. Brady Hoke, that's kind of a, a big game for him. He need a loss there, and the Michigan program starts to, you know, be fighting that treadmill a little bit. And then uh, Iowa, and I know this is going to sound silly, but Iowa at Indiana, a slightly revitalized Indiana team. Iowa coming off a tough one. I think that's going to be a hotly contested game. Indiana is a one-point favorite in that game. Indiana is favored versus a Big Ten team that doesn't rhyme with Illinois. <laughs> Which is shocking, Coach. Think about it. <laughs> yes. They're expected to win. It's, it's all those, some people all the way have it up to they're favored by one and a half points on some board. Well, part of that, I hate to say it, is an insult to my good friends in uh, Iowa City. Yeah, it is. It is. It absolutely. Is. Yeah, but they've, they've had a couple of step-me-up games. But keep an eye on those two games. Those should be good ones. On the other hand, let's not spend more than eight seconds on a big dub, but we should mention Illinois is traveling <laughs> to Ohio State. Well, uh, I... Illinois will score in the game. <laughs> I'm, no, I'm not. Don't, don't, don't I'm not laughing because oh, they got thought, shut out in Michigan. I don't think they'll get shut out by both Ohio oh State and Michigan. That's that's what Illinois football has come to, huh? Yeah, and, and Illinois football has also come to this. Don't forget that that Michigan Minnesota game is the Little Brown Jug game. Yes, that's that's. I meant, I was meant to say that immediately, but you, you passed on. And I don't want to sit up and beat on Illinois. Big that, big that, fan of the Little Brown Jug, by the way. That's that's a. That's it's much better. Who is it? Purdue and who plays for the old oak and bucket? Uh, Purdue and Indiana play for yeah. the old oak and bucket. See that? Uh, Downers Grove North and Downers Grove, I mean, Downers Grove versus Hinsdale, Downers Grove North versus Hinsdale Central, have been playing for the old oak and bucket since the 1920s, which is older than the uh, Indiana-Purdue, uh, mm-hmm. uh, what do you call it, trophy game. So I played in a high school trophy game. That was actually older than one of the older ones in the Big Ten. The only one older than that's the Little Brown Jug game, which is the oldest one, I think, in all of college football, isn't mm-hmm. it, Coach? I'm uh, pretty yeah. sure it is. Yeah. But that, the, I, thing... yeah the Little Brown Jug is cool. Uh, Northwestern Illinois, I think, play for the Sweet Suit Tomahawk. Tomahawk. No, 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 no. They don't play for the Sweet Suit Tomahawk anymore because there was a couple old white uh... women that uh, thought it was offensive. All right. Well, so that... now they play for the... The Ella Cat or some stupid. Don't even get me started about. They don't play for the Sweet Suit. That's a shame. Sweet Tomahawk anymore. The Sweet Suit Tomahawk was very very cool. I always thought the old you Oak and Bucket. Their, if they have if they have their way, we'll never know that Native Americans were actually here before white people. <laughs> if they have their way, they'll be like, well, there'll be no longer. There'll be no. There'll be no history of it ever. They're going to change all the names of the states. This will no longer be like Illinois and Iowa and Indiana and Minnesota and Wisconsin and Michigan. They're going to change all the names because it's offensive to the people that were here before, according to them. We're going to change all the names. So just to let you know. One of the most rebellious Indians of all time. 
just passed away about three days ago, right, David? Not Russell Brand, because that's the wacko actor, but uh, Russell something or other. He was a activist, Native American, most famous big dog, or infamous for climbing on top of Mount Rushmore and urinating on the head of George Washington. That's, 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 nobody that's else, not bad, Coach. Nobody else, well, it's not good either. But, yeah, that was just like three, four days ago. I, I hadn't heard of him either, but I was reading his bio and a, a Native American activist. Anyhow. Um, all right, so we got some good games in college football, real good games. Another solid Saturday of spectating. Put the tape machine in use tomorrow. Uh, before we get to our Beat the Schmo football fix, Big Dog, just a couple little news and notes, titillating tidbits, if, in fact, you are ready to be titillized. Oh, please, still late, Coach. By the way, can I give you a late Halloween joke? You can give me a joke on pretty they? much any tip, uh, holiday as long as it's funny and not stupid. What do they give the cannibal that comes home late for dinner? What? That's easy. They give him the cold shoulder. Thank you very much. All right. Uh, <laughs> titillating tidbits, news and notes, Big Dog. Did you see Kenny Williams, general manager? Not Well, now he's the vice president, but the White Sox traded. Kenny Williams Jr. The White Sox traded Kenny. They don't own Kenny Williams Jr. The 49ers do. Uh, there's another Kenny Williams' son is in the White Sox organization. Oh, I was thinking of Kyle Williams. Kenny Williams has a son inside yep. the White Sox organization. Yep, they traded him. So, How about so that? The guy was a GM, and then he gets bumped up, and the new GM trades his son. That's going to be an awkward Thanksgiving dinner in the Williams household. (laughs) Yeah, but Big Dog's right. I forgot Kenny Williams' son, infamous for that fumble, but he's a pretty good football player for your San Francisco 49er. I forgot. Yeah, yeah, uh, the fumble and the muff, don't forget. Titillating tidbit, uh, also on the baseball variety, the Cubs talking, maybe, bringing back Ryan Dempster. Their pitching is so bad, Coach. It's so bad, and they have no one in the future. If they don't want to lose 100 games again next year, they might have to. I'm all for I'm all for building for the future, but if you have nothing at all in the future, you might as well get somebody that can pitch for you now. Could one call, we were talking about Matt Hasselbeck, uh, the quarterback against the Bears tomorrow. Could, would, could one call Ryan Dempster the Matt Hasselbeck of baseball and vice versa? Pretty similar career paths and, and performance levels. Just throwing that out there. Yeah, that's not yeah. bad. They're, they're yeah. pretty comparable. Titillating tidbit news and notes number three. And normally I would have brought this up a lot more. My love of horse racing has taken a, it's not dropped, but it's taken a slight, you know, like the, uh, like, like the job numbers. It's taken a slight backward movement, big dog. Nothing significant, but I bring it up because the Breeders' Cup, the greatest day of the year, for true racing fans, uh, starts today, and the highlight matches are tomorrow. Breeders' Cup. <laughs> you, you might want to get on my guy Don Abrams' picks because the guy is phenomenal, Coach, at, at, at handicapping horse races. That's basically all he does is uh, is handicap horse racing year-round, and they, huh. that's how he makes his living. So who, whatever he says to do, you want to do. Is this a friend of yours, or is he nationally recognized? Uh, he's, a, he's a friend of mine, and he's nationally recognized. He used to huh. work for Fox Sports for years. Now he just does it by himself. 
and he makes a lot more money this way. I've been talking horse racing for years with the uh, the big dog. I probably in the first sports radio guy to start the countdown for the Kentucky Derby. By the way, 214 days, or uh, I'm sorry, 185 days, I believe. In all these years, you've never mentioned that you have an insider friend, nationally recognized in the world of horse racing. He, I mean, he's really good, coach. He, he knows how to pick games. Name I mean, he knows how to pick horses. Like he'll go to a track and be like, "Don't bet on this one. Don't bet all. Put all your money on this one." Name and again? Who get it? Don Abrams. Very good. I may have to talk to you off air. Uh, titillating tidbit news and note number four. Again, before we go to the beat the schmoes football picks, uh, a little bit of controversy associated with it. But Michael Bloomberg is standing true in New York. The New York City Marathon will will be run tomorrow. Big dog. Some people upset thinking it's going to take some security and emergency personnel away from the more important task at hand. You know, that that's an awful tough situation. Uh, it doesn't – you know what? I, I think you go ahead and you do it. But then again, at this point, like I'm not the one, you know, mm-hmm. like on top of a house waiting for somebody to come rescue me at this point. I think his main point was there are a lot of businesses – a lot of companies that count on the business from the New York City Marathon, and he's doing it primarily for them. That makes total sense, and yes, I'm going to back the mayor for uh, making yep. that decision. Yep. Yep. He's an interesting character, Mayor Bloomberg. Independent, right, David? Not Republican, not Democrat? Yeah, he's independent. And he's independently wealthy, right? Didn't he make big bucks? Am I thinking of the uh, right yeah, guy? If you've heard of uh, Bloomberg Business, that's yes. him. Not Bloomberg News. That's him. That's him? That's him. Wow. The Bloomberg Report? How about that? Got money, and just to kill a little bit of time, you become the mayor of New York as well, Big Dog. Not bad. Not bad, look, Coach. Not bad at all. By the way, you'll be possibly unhappy to know he did come out uh, recently and endorsed uh, Barack Obama for President of the United States. Four more years. All right. Um, 888-463-6748 if you want to chime in. Other shows play Beat the Pick. Big Money is backing Barack Obama, the guy with the one for the little guy. What a surprise. Other shows play Beat the Pros. We here at the Two Guys at a Mic show play Beat the Schmoes. And, Big Dog, you are a proud schmo going on 10 years now. Uh, and likewise, I take great pride in that aspect. But, uh, you know, we always let the hosts go first. Or you can choose to bat third today. Or maybe if you feel like advancing the runner, go to the two spot. No, uh, you guys, whoever's ready to go, go ahead and go. All right. David Olson, you going one or two? Two. All right. David is not communicating via the microphone. David is trying to impersonate the uh, imp- the um, sign language person that was helping Mayor Bloomberg, Big Dog. I watched another video of that, and you're absolutely right. That was pretty classic. Okay, yeah. The- <laughs> I-, I like somebody who gets into their job. She got into yes. it. The woman was very, very uh, enthusiastic about her signing what yep. the, the rebuilding process of New York was going to yep. be. Yep. That was awesome. Yep. Somebody emailed into us. I don't know who it was. They, they wanted to see her sign language in adult movie. Wouldn't be bad. <laughs> oh, good. Ten years together, Big Duck. Ten years. I'm, I'm proud of you for lasting that long. I've lasted longer <laughs> than other things, Coach, believe it or not. <laughs> All right, here we go, David Olson, marking down. David's the one who, much to my chagrin this year, kept score. Although last week, 
I had a losing week. It broke a three-game winning streak. I'm going with some teams I don't normally pick and then one familiar team. I'm taking the Cincinnati Bengals. Might be the first time in 10 years I've ever gone the Bengals, big dog. But it's the Broncos, Red Hot Peyton Manning at Cincinnati. Broncos on the road, favored by three and a half. I think in the typical of the NFL this year where you're up and down parity, I think the Broncos have an off game, Bengals have an on game, and I'm going to take Cincinnati at home plus three and a half. By the way, that half might come in handy. That will. Uh, Buffalo Bills at the Texans, at the Houston Texans. By week for Buffalo, Texans favored by 10. And Buffalo's been playing some pretty good football. I'm, I'm not totally confident on this, but I'm going to take the Buffalo Bills with the 10 points, I may need all 10, but I'll take them on the road against the Houston Texans. I think Texans win, but I think the Bills cover. And then I'll take a familiar team, the Detroit Lions, at Jacksonville. I'm going to go by the theory that Detroit won a thriller last week, beating Seattle. They're going to carry that momentum uh, and beat the Jaguars. They're favored on the road by three and a half. So I'll take Detroit over Jacksonville, the Bengals, and the Bills. All right. David Olson. Next up, ladies and gentlemen, producer extraordinaire, who has the best record thus far? He is the lead schmo. All right. Uh, we'll, we'll start with that Denver and Cincinnati game. Uh-oh. I'm going to go in the opposite way Uh-oh. on that. Uh, Peyton Manning's really starting to click, and I think he's going to roll over the Bengals this week. Okay. Uh, game number two, uh, let me see here. It's uh, where is this one at? Uh, Seattle is a four-and-a-half-point favorite over Minnesota at home. I like Seattle in that one. I know Minnesota yep. hasn't lost two in a row yep. in quite a while, but I think this is what's going to happen. I think Seattle's one of those teams you really got to watch because they're, they're uh, putting together a nice, solid yep. season. Uh, and then the final one, this is a dog game, but uh, Oakland is favored by a point and a half at home over the Bengals, I was or take over this the one. Buccaneers. I was going to take this. Yeah, I, li- I like the Buccaneers in that one. Yep. All right. Tampa Bay, Seattle, and Denver. He's picking against me in one game. And Big Dog, one thing we found out over the years, if you pick against the coach, typically you're going to have a good week. Yeah, that that, that will help. That will definitely help. <laughs> and you know, I've got a Halloween joke for you also. I'd love to hear it. Uh, a little kid comes up to a, a, a door, and he's dressed as a pirate, and he rings on it, opens the door, trick or treat. And the guy says, what are you? He's like, I'm a pirate. He's like, well, if you're a pirate, where are your Buccaneers? And the kid says, underneath my fucking helmet. <laughs> oh, okay, good. So, well played, my friend. Well played. Okay. Well, uh, I, seriously, I've got so many games. I didn't know which ones to choose from, Coach. And <laughs> and I, I actually, I was thinking about picking these games just to the ones that I could actually watch on television. So that's what I'm going to do. And I'm going to take the uh, Iowa State Cyclones as a, anywhere from a 12 to 13 point underdog. I was a 12 and a half point underdog against the Oklahoma Sooners and watch Iowa State win next week. Wow. So, uh, tomorrow. Okay. Wow. Game uh, is at, at Iowa um, State. Oh, interesting. Okay. Uh, the other game, two, the two biggest games going on tomorrow night. I'm taking all the big games, coach. Uh, one of them, uh, Oregon goes to USC. Uh, Oregon flat out has been told all year long they haven't played anybody, haven't played anybody, haven't played anybody. Well, guess what? Now they, everyone's realized that they're playing somebody. They will be focused. They will not overlook this game. And let's face it, you know, eight points for one team is totally different than eight points for uh, Oregon because Oregon gets about 
five to six more possessions per game because they score so fast. Eight points is nothing to them. Oregon will uh, beat USC, and they'll score at least 40 points. USC have one loss or two? USC has two losses, two losses so far this okay. year. They've lost uh, at Arizona, and they lost earlier in the year to um, – that was their second loss, so they have okay. two losses. Okay. And I, I'll think of whoever they lost to the first one. But uh, And then the other, uh, my last game of the day, I've been going back and forth. There's so many other games that I feel better about and actually have legitimate reasons to pick, like uh, uh, Penn State as a two-and-a-half-point favorite over Purdue at Purdue. Uh, a couple other games that, like, that I really like, Coach. Who would you pick uh, in the Penn State-Purdue game, by the way? I would take I would I would take Penn State minus nope. two and a half against Purdue. Nope. I would take Kansas State minus eight against uh, Oklahoma State. All those games make total sense to me, Coach. No, nope. I'd take Purdue in that game. Okay, uh, yeah, that's the you keep yeah, Danny Hope. What has he done for you? Yeah, we'll we'll so talk on Monday. They, well, anyways, I, I'm not taking any of those games. Uh, Alabama, I know, is significantly better than LSU. Significantly better. But all week, all I heard was how great Alabama is. And Alabama is so good, they can beat NFL teams. People have pumped up Alabama so much this week that eventually it's going to get into these kids' heads. They're going to go to LSU and realize you can't hear the snap count. You can't hear anything. LSU's defense is one of the top five in the country. And it's eight and a half points. I've seen it eight and a half for nine. I'll go eight and a half. So nine, will, I'll lose. I will take that eight and a half mm. points and just see a hell of a football game that goes on and, and honestly I'm not picking Alabama to win I mean, I mean I'm not picking LSU to win but I, I do see a game like 13 to 10 all over this is just going to be just a, like an NFL game is what it's going to look like coach uh, come uh, yeah. Saturday night yeah. so, uh, night games at LSU are about as rabid a college football atmosphere as you'll ever see and the fact that LSU big dog is a 8.5 point underdog at home Really, what it is is a testament to what the uh, odds makers think of the talent level of Alabama. How incredible Alabama is, and yep. they are. And and I'm not at all downplaying the greatness of Alabama by picking against them. I just think that there are games that end up being close. And let's not forget, LSU was better than Alabama was last year. I don't care what anybody says; they were better than them. They beat them in the regular season at Alabama, and then in the in the bowl game, they decided to run the ball up the middle for the first 59 minutes of the game, and they looked up and they were down 21 nothing at mm-hmm. that point. I, I see them being a little bit more creative on offense and not playing not to lose. If you play not to lose Alabama, well, you probably won't get destroyed 50 to nothing. You only lose 40 to nothing. You you have to play to win against Alabama, and I think Les Miles is gonna. Have the guys playing that way. Nobody can complain with the top four teams. I guess Oregon may be a little bit, but not after this weekend. You can't complain about the level of competition that, uh, you know, Alabama is beating week in, week out, that Kansas State has to play, and certainly the Notre Dame fighting Irish. And, you know, I've bashed them in the past, but their schedule this year has been extremely difficult. And uh, those three in particular, Oregon to a slightly lesser extent, Big Dog, are top four teams. They're they're getting it done the hard way. They're not, They're not going the easy road. Yeah, and the way it's looking right now, if if Alabama can take care of LSU and then finish undefeated, and and Oregon and Kansas State and Notre Dame all do it, we're going to be like one year too late yep. for having the four team playoff. I mean, this was right, right now, and, and, and let's say this right now. As I say this, I just said four teams are going to end up being undefeated by the end of this weekend. There could be one of those teams left. That's just the way college football is. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
So I'm not assuming that all four would be undefeated, but Boy. you get that feeling like they are. Who's going to beat these teams, Coach? I mean, it's really difficult. You look at Kansas State's schedule. They're not losing another game the rest of the regular season. They're not, okay? It's just not going to happen. And Notre Dame can lose to USC, and Oregon could lose to USC and maybe Stanford, and Alabama could lose to LSU or the SEC championship game. But other than that, if those teams can win those games, you're going to have four undefeated teams at the end of those at the end of the season. And you're right. If that's the case, the four-team playoff, if that happened, if all four went undefeated, it would be one year too late because the boy would that be a that would be a couple of good games to watch right there with that particular and, final and four. I know you're like, eh, who cares? Eh, it doesn't matter. No, I didn't say that. Honest, you know, it really, it would really not stop. There's worse things that happen in the world. Trust me, much worse things, but. If you end up being undefeated and you don't get to play in the national title game this year, and you're Oregon or Notre Dame or Kansas State, and you're like, look at who we beat, and you don't choose us, you don't even give us a chance to play for the championship, beat one team and give us another chance, it, it, it would be extremely disappointing for those guys. Coach. Well, on the other hand, I would argue that if uh, Alabama, let's say Alabama gets pitted up against Oregon and beats Alabama, K-State runs the table, and they get matched up with Notre Dame in another game, and they beat them, and they go undefeated. I mean, you know, Alabama may have that number one ranking, but I would argue that Kansas State could certainly consider themselves a co-champion. I mean, if both hey, teams. By the, way, by, the, uh, by the way, Coach, what did Auburn do in the 2004 season? 2004. Yeah. That was a bad year for me. I can't remember. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. Just to let you know, they went undefeated. Okay. Won the SEC championship game. Excellent. Went to the Sugar Bowl and beat an incredible Virginia Tech team. Nobody remembers them. All they can think about is the fact that uh, USC is the title holder that year. Eh, I don't know if that's true. So uh, it is. You didn't know what happened to Auburn in 2004. I, well, if you would have asked, no idea. If you would have asked me, what about USC in 2004? I would have said the same thing, though. Remember, you're talking about someone here with a distorted memory at this point, Big Dog. Um, so it's just. No, I hear you. I, I hear I, I, you. Things it's... are going to be a little bit better, and, and I, I'm all for the ones to even give the little guy a chance. They should have the little guys in the playoff system. There shouldn't mm-hmm. be four teams. It should be a 16-team playoff. Mm-hmm. Uh, enough of that. By the but way, just... uh, let us not forget, there is a team still unbeaten that's played some pretty solid competition. The Louisville Cardinal would like a little bit of respect, a little bit of love for the Big Dog. You know, I, I'm going to give a little bit of love to Louisville because – I've been hearing other people talk about, oh, who cares if they're undefeated? They haven't played anybody. If they played Alabama schedule, they'd have another. We don't know that. All I know is everybody that Louisville's played, they've played, looked very good. They hold on to the football. They're explosive in the return game, and they tackle people. Mm-hmm. So whenever I hear anybody rip Louisville, say they haven't played enough and they're not all that good, they need to just quiet down and watch yep. Louisville play a football game. And then they'd realize, unless their favorite team is Alabama, They'd have a real difficult yep. time beating Louisville in that game. Absolutely okay. correct. Very, very good ball club. And Louisville and Kentucky, of course, has always been a basketball town. But the, the past couple of years, of, and in particular, I watched last week's game at home against Cincinnati. Louisville, let's just to put it mildly, Big Dub, they've discovered football in Louisville. That home stadium last week was rocking. The Papa John Stadium, by the way. Thank you very much. All right. Uh, dog, great job this entire week, my friend. We will talk to you on Monday. We'll see how we did on our Beat the Schmo football predictions. Hopefully talk about a Chicago Bear victory. My beloved Northwestern team, by the way, a bye this week. Any uh, non-sport-related activities this weekend for the Big Dog? Um, 
this weekend, I'm I'm afraid not, Coach. So it's all about business this weekend. No, but I would know it's just all football this weekend. That's what I'm talking about. Business. This is your. Oh, there you go. This there is your you job, go. my friend. No, uh, no recreational time with Lily the Lilac. Um, Lily the Lilac, who, by the way, I, I don't even <laughs> want to. Let's just say she is. You know, she's the architect for the Chicago Cubs' new baseball stadium. Yep. Okay. She's got a lot on her plate this weekend, and it just so happened that New Tea Garden on Michigan Avenue, the uh, the restaurant that uh, the Lilacs own. Yep. Uh, well. Uh, Aunt Lilac is out of town, so Lily the Lilac okay. goes from d- designing the Chicago Cubs' next uh, great stadium uh, that they're contributing to, then has to get on a the red line and take it all the way up. Oh, the the girl's so freaking busy, it's unbelievable. She's working at the restaurant this weekend. Yeah. All right, well, keep an, keep an eye on that Dachshund dog. Go so, right. I can you I put I put that dog underneath my arm all the time, treat her like all a right. football. I run down the streets with her. She we, loves it. So. We gotta get out of here. Big dog, have a good weekend. We'll talk to you Monday, okay? Everybody, thank you so much for listening. We do do appreciate we much, much appreciate we do do. Much, much appreciate each and every listener out there. We really do. Uh ten o'clock on Monday we'll be back in action. Have an outstanding weekend, everybody.